as we know that it should come to no surprise to any of us whatsoever that we live in a world where society, movies and messages on the bulletin boards telling or sharing with us that we should be living in a world where it is highly catered as well as meeting the needs of able body. More than that, people with disabilities are often underrepresented in the media, TV and film. People with disabilities are habitually only cast if their disability serves to explain more so of some of this tragic backstory or denote a questionable morality. Hi all, I'm Aspie Answers. I'm all about creating mental health and awareness and sharing my life story with autism and mental health, educating and advocating you all, taking you all on a journey with me when I'm able to show you what life is like as an autistic. So if you're into any of these and more, smash that subscribe button on the bottom right hand corner and turn on the notification bell. So don't miss any future videos. As you are aware, basically, I'm doing all about ableism. So bear with me. So as you are aware, basically, at this point of time, you may be wearing, what the hell is that quick introduction about or what have you or description? This one is about ableism in Disney. What, you know, Disney does pray images behind it. Because as we know, basically, contrary to popular belief, disability studies and education reform has become a major priority in the literally critical, medical and political worlds. Just recently in the 1990s, as I before in America, the American Americans with Disabilities Act was passed to give civil rights to people with disabilities because obviously back in the time, like people with different disabilities weren't obviously listened to and weren't being met. This shows how oblivious many were to the severity of disability study, however, before this time, and just how also people with disabilities have been ostracized and abused throughout many centuries. As I've done my research based on institutionalization versus everything else based on the disability. Popular theorists such as Ronald J. Berger and Leonard J. Davis introduced terminology and views on how to better observe or understand disability. According to Berger's disability studies, an interdisciplinary field of inquiry that includes representation from social scientists, sciences, the humanities, and the medical rehabilitation profession is vital to an understanding of humankind. Berger introducing disability studies 2013 report I read from, obviously it came out from Berger also is definitely opening the doors and helping those with disabilities find their place in society than ever before. Davis, on the other hand, focuses on the construction of normalcy, saying the problem isn't the person with disabilities, it's the problem is the way normalcy is constructed to create the problem with a disabled person. And obviously, again, that goes back to ableism about how people are treated versus of their physical or invisible disabilities, I believe too. Davis's Disability Studies Reader 2006, this was read about. Basically, society gets to label what is normal and what isn't normal. However, to me, I was terrified and shocked when the evil or of the evil grasshopper from above life, however, was introduced. But what does that say about me as a person with autistic traits as well as a mental health condition or a host of mental health conditions right now or how does Disney portray some animals as able-bodied when in fact of the good and bad ones that are missing a language are savage and evil or vice versa but more importantly what does it say about us as people particularly those privileged as being seen as able-bodied and normal that we often don't question or notice inequalities and allusions to slavery within our image utopias and cartoon wonderlands that we watch and am I on top of the more obvious examples that I'm going to share with you all, there seems to be an underlying theme here of dehumanization of certain characters, groups of characters in Disney's films and in TV. So here I will look at some of how Disney portrays disabilities and the treatment of the characters that receives these types of criticisms. The very first 
Disney movie I would like to discuss is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Out of all the Seven Dwarfs, as we know, they have some kind of disability on top of having a growth impairment, because obviously, being dwarfs. The two main dwarfs, however, that came into effect that caught my attention when researching was Dopey and Doc. Doc is the leader amongst the seven and suffers from a speech impairment. Penum, having trouble pronouncing some words correctly and often stuttering. He is also slightly bigger than the other dwarfs, which makes the others look a bit weaker. Doc's disabilities are a perfect representation of virtuous ableism. Assumes that some people and bodies are normal and superior while other people are abnormal and are inferior. Your interesting disability stage 2013. Due to Doc's condition, he was the most able dwarf and all the other dwarves were secondary to him. Disney rep representation of Doc shows that disabilities like all similar to his makes all the others less and more reliable to the normal or most normal person. On the other hand, however, for Dopey of the Dwarf, Dopey is the complete opposite of Doc and ableism. Dopey's disability would put him in the intellectual disability category group. Intellectual disability is significant limitations, intellectual functioning, and adaptive behaviours, which covers many everyday social and practical skills. This is also the term that is known now for most of the time mental retardation or what have you or some other form of terminology such as you know your mental illnesses as well as basically everything else on the scale of things. Dopey shows however the signs of the disabilities but not being able to talk and his childlike behaviours obviously he acts around basically and this shows in characteristics how some people with certain intellectual disabilities would act of. Dopey also seems to be very clumsy, tripping over everything as we know, and trying to mimic the other dwarfs throughout their daily routine. So therefore he's maybe showing a classic side of autism and some other intellectual disabilities. Disneyland clearly deposits Dopey as a disabled person by making him the weakest dwarf and also with the name he was given. For that matter, all of the dwarves in Snow White have some sort of differences, as I see, in functioning that allows them to live with Snow White in a non-sexualized way. Particular, as I said, Doc and Dopey are both dwarves that have prominent roles in the film. Doc, the head dwarf of the seven, has a speech impediment, as I said, trouble verbal communication, stuttering on his warm words that often doesn't sound comprehensive. Throughout the film, you will see that Doc has to correct his words when saying him, he corrects it to mean mean, and again saying lapel to flings when meaning apple dumpling. It's nice to see that even with his speech difficulty, Doc still remain, can remain the head of the script of the dwarfs, however. Disney portray dwarfs as or Doc as in a prominent jungle of figure as a couple of not, not normal sized kind of parts of the dwarfs are still considered weak as I said. Doc assesses all the troubles in the group whether they may be medical or argument based hence the name Doc in contrast as he deposits dopey and less flattering light. According to the Merriam dic Dictionary the word dopey is defined as stupid, silly or foolish. Just to by name Naming this character as stupid, Disney suggests Dopey to be very that, and furthermore suggests Dopey may be mentally challenged. Also, Dopey can't speak because obviously he was known as being mute. In the film, however, Dopey is disappointed in the ultimate class. He is dull-eyed, constantly falling over the furniture and tripping over his own clothing. Dopey optimizes Jack Nelson's definition of the pitiful disability stereotype, Nelson Six. He acts like and dresses like a child. You can't help but think or want to help Dopey. He's also considered as a disabled pupil 
person unable to live a successful life. Nelson Six again. Dopey is shown as defined as a disability. I mean, his name is Dopey after all. I find this pretty offensive. Calling a person with a disability dumb or stupid, however, or any other name that can actually affect us with different disability. As obviously this today for some of these labels or name calling names of this wouldn't be deemed acceptable in this day and age. I am surprised there is has not been more publicity on this issue. Dopey is clearly different than any other character in the film. Furthermore, due to Dopey's solitary role as the only mute character, his mental disability is further silenced by isolation. With rolling eyes a loose lip turned physically, Dopey optimizes the discriminating stereotype slowness that people with mental disability possesses. How can this be accepted even in the year of the 1930s? To outwardly name someone dumb or stupid. I did enjoy Doc's role as a later but the existence of Dopey as dumb reinforces strong negative imagery with dwarfs and persons with disabilities. However, in today's society, people with dwarfism are more and more commonly found in the media. Although no one in the Seven Dwarfs thoroughly disappeared the Seven Dwarfs with stereotypical disability images. I do applaud Disney putting characters with dwarfism on the silver screen. In the 1930s, however, people with dwarfism were only depicted in freak shows like Atmosphere. Here, Disney exposed children to different types of people. Currently, there have been many strides in media exposure of dwarfism. For example, in children's films, the 2011 release, Romeo and Juliet is a classic telling of Romeo and Juliet, but from the dwarf perspective in an own form. It would have been nicer if the characters didn't have to take on the role of animate objects like gnomes, but at least there are strides for normalization. And serial television shows like TLC's Little Couple or Animal Plants Pit Boss follow real-life people with dwarfism. These type of shows provide provided a bit of insight into the lives of those people with dwarfism, the normal lives and they strive for media attention. It has been pointed out that now to talk about Goofy. It has been pointed out before that Goofy is a dog living in a world of animals acting as humans, as we know. At the very same time, Pluto is also a dog and is shown to understand language and think in many complicated ways, but is treated as a pet. Is this a purposeful commentary on slavery or the place in society for people who may be differently able? Disney has a history of humanizing some animal creatures while leaving many others in the same universe is more purely animal. We do love, laugh and feel a little uncomfortable looking at Pluto from the Mickey Mouse cartoons. Ha ha, he's a dog like Goofy. But instead of being able to walk on his hind legs and have a language, he walks on all four legs and wears a collar like gold. I don't know if this is, was well intended to be funny, but it's something most audience have noticed and may have questioned for many years. Why does Pluto, a dog like Goofy, get resigned to the character of a friendly pet? Is he just not tame enough to be educated like the rest of the anthropomorphic characters on the show? What I'd say as far as the Disney universe goes, he got the good end of the stick. Another one I want to address is the character with the disability is from Frozen, Elsa. Elsa's powers can be seen by how society outcasts people with disabilities. As a result of her major power to make ice come out of her hands, Elsa was different from everybody else in the movie as we know and come to life. Her parents kept her in isolation and taught her that her power was bad and she needed to always control it. This relates to Davis's theory that society controls what is considered normal. Davis says characters with disabilities are always marked with ideological meaning as are the moments of disease or accident that transform such characters. One of the tasks for developing consciousness of disability issues is the attempt then to reverse the hegemony of the normal and to institute alternative ways of thinking about normal. Once Elsa ran away and completely confined herself from everyone else, she was able to accept who she was and embraced it. Elsa also began to feel free and without shame or fear of her power. Towards the end of the movie, as we know, she gets accepted from society and was able to openly be herself without feeling like a monster for 
being different. Frozen also goes to show how Disney came a long way with its portrayal of disabilities in movies. Beauty and the Beast is another one. Leaflo's character in the character version could have had a disability. He was a lot shorter than all the other characters of very non Clumps. Physical appearance was also much more different from the, and those of the other characters in the movie. He also always had a loss of expression on his face and his tongue sticking out of his mouth, but he was able to speak clearly. Lefo seems to show signs of having a learning disability or on the low spectrum of autism. There are a few times in the cutscene where Gatson refers to him as stupid or disregards his disability, or shall we say, in this case, his intelligence. Lefo also seems very childlike and following. Justin around and trying to be like him, I should say. He can't do things like Justin and kind of messes up everything he does due to his clumsiness. This also shows ableism and how easy it was for Gaston to use his priority over Lefeld to get him to whatever he wanted. It also shows how people with disabilities can be easy taken advantage of and not even notice because they want to fit in. Lefeld shows us how some people with disabilities can easily be bullied by others because they want to fit in and get respect. Main characters really have many for any form of disability especially if they aren't considered in any sort of romantic or heroic way more often or not it's the villain or henchman that's in some way differently able to recline a cane to walk needing magic to keep their bodies alive etc etc disability is also used to show that someone is not a threat romantically or for power for example here the hunchback of notre dame is ridiculed and ostracized by his appearance despite performing all of the feats a standard disney prince does he ends up single and only with privilege to be seen in the public at the end of the film Another one is Mulan. Mulan can talk but Cricky and Horse can, cannot. And Cinderella, the good mice can talk to Cinderella and even so address but the cat can't talk at least chooses not to. One of the ones that bothers me the most is the Little Mermaid herself. Many of the undersea animals can talk and interact in human ways but others are tasked with carrying around King Triton or being used as musical instruments. There are a lot more worse examples of characters that just look like the rest of the characters in various Disney movies that we've grown to love. That for some reason or another are evil, comedic or mysterious just because they don't talk. I don't know if this is Disney's saying about something about able-bodied people or not being able not but it's pretty clear that they think only able people should be able to talk and those who don't should be shunned and never taught anything at all. In 1997 Gargoyles movie obviously was Disney's answer for a dark children's cartoon. It had a good plot and a great voice actors, mainly voices from Star Trek. All of the Gargoyles had their own distinct personality traits like the leader, the comic relief, the muscle etc but only fell into the blue so true. He was Bronx and his character trait was dog. It was the pet that couldn't talk, walked on all four legs again and just to fill Disney's mold, Mickey Mouse cartoon cut. This trope translated again into Toy Story 1 in 1995 and in Toy Story 3 in 2010. In Toy Story 1, the toys in Sid's room are all mismatched while other toys and they don't talk but communicate through action. They're at first seen as evil but then turn out to be good and mysterious. They might not talk because they couldn't get voice actors that they were traumatized by Sid or I would argue because they were disabled due to the fact they weren't apart. But does that mean they couldn't talk or as ugly toys shouldn't talk. Even Baby and Lotso in Toy Story 3 were traumatized yet Lotso could talk, still talk but Baby was just a follower and didn't even have a voice. Baby 2 was seen as evil at first and then lovable but Baby and the toys in Sid's room are just as deserving a voice from like any other character. I guess them not having a voice makes them more interesting don't you think but I think it just goes to show how Disney correlates able-bodiedness to language as well. I think the worst examples that shows Disney's bias in A Bug's Life 1998 and Monsters University 2013 both the evil grasshopper from A Bug's Life and the evil monster from the Raw Omega Raw fraternity look like all the other grasshoppers monsters of 
but of course because they can't talk they can only communicate in styles and violent actions and of course they are both evil and have no redeemable quality. Evil rabbit grasshopper is used as a wild dog to hunt down the ants while the monster from Royal Omega Royal Fraternity competes in the Scare games like the mo other monsters is relegated to all fours. More recently, Inviting Dory, which was praised too hot, so highly, I am afraid to write anything negative about it. Again, use the same character models as all Pixar movies does, as well as Disney. The one that stands out to me is Becky the mentally ill bird that doesn't have a uh, language, and everyone in the audience laughed at because she was so erratic. She is clearly intelligent, flying Martin and Nemo everywhere. They need to go, but why can't she talk? Why doesn't anyone want to help her? Rather, Marlin is just afraid of her because she. Different. Another category is the odd looking ugly seal that isn't allowed to talk again, and this is used for comedic effect because he looks retarded. Mentally disabled people are seen as court jesters in the Pixar's universe. This example disturbs me to the core as the most because of the movie is supposed to teach us to be more accepting of people like Dory, who has an invisible disability of short-term memory loss, and Nemo has a physical disability of a weakened fin, but it also teaches us the audience to laugh at stupid people. This doesn't make sense at all to me. My other thoughts to end this and what I would like to say based on this research and experience on ableism is that with these inconsistencies may be the individual inevitable products of universes where animals are anthropomorphized therefore leaving no actual animals left. But does that negate that there are some animals being used as for all intents and purposes slaves or pets owned by other animals sometimes of their own species. Since Disney already has a difficult time with portraying anyone who's differently abled in a positive, competent light, maybe these mistakes reflect an accepted central truth of worth in place, whether consciously or unconsciously thought. It might mean something that Disney can't imagine. Create a world where equality is universally expressed, even when Disney is actually building these worlds from the ground up. There are plenty of other Disney movies that show characters with disabilities and how they are treated. However, I have noticed that the treatment of these characters change with the generation which the movie was released. Movies can play a role in how society sets a mold for people to know what's accepted and what isn't accepted. Disney movies can be used to instill the minds of children who then can accept and who are outcast. They can copy a character traits with those they see on TV and treat people with similar traits the way they see them getting treated in movies. Being that this is such a powerful outlet to relay messages, especially to young children, Disney should start making more movies that accept people with disabilities and shows ways to help them. This can help change society and form new opinions on disabilities. We're supposed to fear the disabled and I did fear them, obviously. We need to be all-inclusive and rather than portray people who don't have a language on all fours and violent, help them learn to treat others as equals. Well, this quickly ends, hopefully, my video of Disney and ableism. Smash the like. Comment below about any movies that you feel to address. Obviously, that gives some hidden messages because, as we know, Disney, Pixar, and all the other movies does obviously portray some form of message regardless. So share me your thoughts on this. Feel free to do, guys. Follow me on my social media. Share these videos around. Feel free to subscribe if you want to. Feel free to also turn on that notification bell as well. And all further ado, guys, thanks for, thanks for watching. Do what you love. Love do until next time. I'll see you again soon. Ciao for